You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Down. Cleveland, welcome to another episode of the 1085 Podcast. We are here to uh, go over the Browns' 32-28 loss to the Seattle Seahawks today. Uh, I have my co-host Jack McCurry with me. Uh, I'm not going to introduce him right at this moment. Instead, Jack, I am going to give you a complete open floor because you said that you wanted it, so have at it. I just feel so bad. For all the people that have spent their hard-earned money, you included, Anthony, uh, on season tickets and anybody that just bought tickets to go to today's game because that was – and it's been that way throughout the homestand so far this year. Just bad football. I mean, we had such high expectations and, you know, the Browns came out and, you know, they started off high and I was thinking, like, today is going to be the day. Then as we get towards the end of the first half, it, it, it started spiraling back. And I I've, I was at work during the first half, and I looked at one of the residents that I take care of, and I said, they don't make this easy, do they? And he goes, no, they don't. And lo and behold, down the stretch, it just slowly slipped away. Part of it was the officiating crew, but part of it was just the Browns that keep shooting themselves in the foot. And it, it's just it's getting irritating at this point. Like, and I know, like, there's a lot of football left. I, I know they're going to get this fixed just because the players want it. I can tell that the coaches want it. But it just seems we keep taking one step forward and then take ten steps back. And I just – it gets frustrating at times, but I do realize this is a game. I'm not even playing in the game, but – it, it sometimes just really sucks that we spend three hours a Sunday living in such misery when there is far more things in the world to be worried about. Yeah, you know, even after everything that went on in that just bizarre and weird third quarter, 
this is still a, a field goal game, and you know the the Browns had certainly an opportunity uh, to win this game. The Seattle wasn't you know grabbing this game fully. Uh, you know they they still let the Browns be in it, and you know if the Seahawks capitalized on all the Browns' mistakes, we it wouldn't ended up like the Tennessee game. But uh, the Browns were able to stay in it. Uh, say what you want about the Browns defense, but only, I'm not saying only holding Russell Wilson at 32 points, but for the most part, uh, being able to contain him, really only letting him beat him uh, with his legs on that touchdown run. Uh, you know, th- this team was really fighting, and I-, I thought that they were able to show. Uh, the NFL and other teams that, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, they'll, they'll fight with you. But it, the mistakes just continued to pile up uh, on top of the officiating thing. I'm not one to sit here and constantly blame uh, officials for, for stuff, but that third quarter and some of the calls that, that were made, the, the blindside block that wasn't, the Travis Landry catch that should have been a touchdown. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's tough. It, it really is tough. You know, especially when you are, are not playing well, you don't need additional help in, in trying to beat yourselves. And when you compiled everything on top of each other, uh, it led to the, the Browns blowing that 20 to 6 uh, lead that they had. And when they didn't get the ball in the end zone at the end of the first half uh, with the interception, Seattle took it down and scored. And then uh, getting the ball back at the start of the second half, and they were able to score to make it 20-18. You knew that the the mood of the place absolutely changed, and you were just sitting at pins and needles with um, – the, knowing that the Seahawks were, were going to be in this game, the rest of the game, and unfortunately, uh, they, they pulled away late. Yeah, that end of the first half, I mean, we're up 20 to 12, and we're marching down the field. And even Daryl Johnson said, slow down. You do not need to rush it. They had like, I think it was a minute and a half left on the clock. And Baker goes out, and he, he threw a good ball to Landry, but Griffin, you know, undercut him and was able to get a hand in there. Landry probably should have caught it still. I mean, I've watched it several times, and he, he should have ha- hauled it in, but he didn't, and the interception happened, and it, it was just it was reminiscent of last week against San Francisco. You know, the Browns were building momentum. They would have been 14-10, to 10, and then, you know, Callaway can't haul, haul the ball in, and San Francisco intercepted it, took it, and then ultimately scored a touchdown, and it became... 21 to three instead of 14 to 10. So, you know, the Browns just consistently keep shooting themselves in the foot. And, you know, you had a 14 point lead today. You know, Nick Chubb was running great against one of the top run defenses in the league. Second week in a row, he ran great against San Francisco too. But, you know, just offensively, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot for creating turnovers or forcing turnovers. And then, you know, the teams take advantage of it. It was San Francisco last week, and it was Seattle this week. Yeah, you know, 
good teams take advantage of, of turnovers. Uh, you know, the, the Browns have kind of struggled in that aspect. Uh, but, you know, let, let's – before we get into all the negative stuff, let's look at the, the positives here uh, heading into the bye week. And, you know, maybe uh, by the time we get to the negatives, we'll maybe feel a little bit better. But uh, the offense bounce backs uh, to start off this game by scoring four touchdowns. Obviously, uh, they, they turned the ball over five times. Uh, but getting – you know they had over 300 yards in the in the first half, and you thought that being able to move the ball consistently against the Seattle defense was something that we talked about on the pregame show that they were going to be able to do. They were able to uh, you know move the ball. Uh, they, they did a good job running it. You know Baker was uh, despite his interceptions, and, and we'll talk about those individually in a minute. Uh, but despite his interceptions, I, I thought that the the passing game. Uh, there's more flow to it. Um, you know, that, that touchdown to, to Ricky Seals Jones was a, a beauty, uh, you know, but being able to move the ball, uh, the, the receivers, there were drops, uh, there were tip balls, uh, but, you know, getting those guys involved early was nice. And, and uh, you know, Chubb over 120 yards uh, again, uh, this week, he, he just continues to be a, a bright spot of, of this Browns offense. W- were you surprised that they were able to consistently move the ball against Seattle? I know we had talked about that. That was one thing that they were going to be able to do. But were you surprised that they were able to pretty much keep that up for the entire game? On the ground, yeah, because, I mean, we looked at it. We looked at the numbers. You know, Seattle's been a tough run defense. And I said up front they were there was going to be a tough task for the offensive line, but I thought the offensive line played well. Yet there was penalties. You know, Hubbard, Robinson were called for holding a few times. Um, but, you know, on the ground, I thought they played really well. The passing game, you know, despite the turnovers, uh, you've seen a lot of the quick the quick reads, the quick throws by Baker. He was getting the ball quickly today. Um, even when he was forced to scramble and improvise, I thought he did great. The offensive line did great in buying Baker a little time. Um, you know, the one play, Ziggy Ansa came after him. Baker was able to elude him, then cut back to the left and find Callaway for a first down. So I, I thought the flow of the offense was good, you know, but like you said, ultimately the turnovers just really bit us, but I thought the offense was playing well. It was good to see Odell get back into it. Um, you know, letting him just throwing him on those quick slants and then letting Odell, you know, be that playmaker. We all know he, he is, uh, it was good to see, it was good to see him get back into it. Um, the only thing that was weird to me was Richard Higgins. And I know we were going to talk about it, but we'll go ahead and just bring it up. Uh, he was active, Everybody thought he was going to play. I don't remember him seeing him on the field at one at all today. And then he told Josina Anderson after the game, quote, I thought I would play today and I don't know why I didn't. So that was weird. But um, yeah, like I said, the offense was in a good flow. Good to see they're keeping Ricky Seals Jones in the offense. Uh, he's a playmaker. No doubt about that. Um, even when Najoku comes back. Seals Jones has created a role in this offense and maybe down the stretch, once Najoku comes back, uh, Seals Jones slides into that Darren Fells role that uh, was there at the end of the last season. 
Yeah, and, you know, what it's going to allow you to do is, you know, use two tight ends. I, I know the blocking from Njoku and Seals Jones isn't the best, but uh, having those two guys out there at the same time, you know, being able to run 12 personnel with two solid tight ends that uh, can catch the ball and, and make plays it will be beneficial to this team. I'm curious to see how Kareem Hunt affects all that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you'll see Nick Chubb and Hunt out there at the same time, but you could see uh, some 22 personnel, uh, two running backs, two tight ends. Uh, you know, once everybody is back and, and ready to go, but uh, you know that, that's still uh, quite a ways away uh, from happening. Uh, but you know, Seals Jones continues to uh, impress me. Uh, the, like I mentioned earlier, the route that he ran. Uh, on his touchdown catch, uh, you could just see from where I was sitting how that opened up right away, and he was able to walk into the end zone for that touchdown. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, I don't know how much more we could say. He's just been consistent, uh, really solid. Uh, he did fumble the ball today uh, on that screenplay, but uh, two more touchdowns, 120 yards against a defensive front that was is really good, you know, they were one of the top rush defenses, and uh, we were surprised that you know that he was able to run the ball effectively, you know, averaging six yards a carry. Uh, you know, the 56-yarder uh, helps that, but you know, it's still six yards a carry. Um, you know, Baker improvising his touchdown run, uh, like you talked about, uh, was something we hadn't seen him do as his first career rushing touchdown. So. There were bright spots to this offense, and but the, the turnovers did catch up to him, turning the ball over five times. You know, it's funny. There's that stat uh, a few weeks ago when San Francisco played Pittsburgh, and, and San Francisco turned the ball over all those times. They were the first team to win uh, when turning the ball over at least that many times. Teams were. Oh, 32 and, and one or something like that. And the, the one is the um, the Browns tie against the Steelers last year in the home opener. So, you no, know, you could add another loss to that to that statistic. And anytime you turn the ball over that many times and, and still have a shot to win the game late, obviously that late interception with Dontrell Hilliard, uh, the ball going off his hands. I don't know why you don't use Higgins in that situation. Um, I know they're trying to get him back uh, for being on the sidelines with, with injuries. So maybe Freddie thought that they didn't want a repeat of Antonio Callaway last week uh, where he came in and, uh, you know, was lining up correctly, uh, according to them, and uh, dropped passes at, at the goal line. And, but unfortunately, Hilliard did the same thing there at the end. Yeah, and – if they weren't going to play Higgins, my take on that is why would you make Damian Ratley inactive? Why, you know, he's been in on the offense. He's made some plays, you know, obviously he's been healthy for the most part. Why not have him active today? You know, I, that's, it's just another baffling decision by kitchens. And I know he's a rookie head coach and he's learning, but like you got to, be smart when it comes to decisions like that like if you're not going to play Higgins play someone that's going to be able to get out there and 
provide something. Like if you're just going to have Higgins stand on the sidelines, that's just a waste of a roster spot when you only have 46 healthy guys. Like it's very interesting. And uh, hopefully the media questions him on it. I didn't see anything post game that said otherwise. So uh, very interesting uh, decision there. But yeah, throwing it to Hilliard, I know there was the comment, well, if Duke Johnson was there, he would have caught that ball. I mean, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, Duke Johnson's not here anymore. You, you can't nag on that. If Hilliard keeps struggling, obviously you find him a replacement and hopefully um, Kareem hunts that replacement here in a few weeks. But, uh, you know, these things happen. We took the loss and you got to move on from it. You know, Seattle uh, was bit by the injury bug pretty hard today without having their left tackle. Uh, their, their right guard uh, did not play as as well. So we found ourselves in our situation like week one against Tennessee where, you know, they're missing a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, you thought that the Browns' defensive front could create pressure. They were able to do that. Miles Garrett had two more sacks. He now has nine on the season. But what Tennessee did really well and, and the Seahawks kind of followed that game plan today is uh, they consistently used extra uh, linemen uh, they brought in as eligible. Uh, they used multiple tight ends. and It was unfortunate to see uh, Disley go down uh, with an Achilles injury. He'll be out for the season. Um, at least that's what's expected. And uh, they used a, a fullback a, a little bit, kind of like uh, San Francisco did on Monday night. So Seattle did a really good job of combating this defensive front, uh, defensive front that has created a, a lot of pressure, or at least trying to. But when you have Russell Wilson, who's able to roll the pocket, throw the ball on the run so well, uh, it, you're not always going to get pressure uh, that you're hoping with multiple linemen being out. So I thought they did a, a good job uh, in that aspect. It, getting as much pressure as they did despite uh, Seattle's game plan of using multiple alignment tight ends and having Russell Wilson to be able to roll out and move the pocket. Yeah, I thought Brian Schottenheimer did a great job with the game plan and, you know, losing Dwayne Brown and DJ Fluker, you know, we all thought, you know, this is going to be a day where the Browns pass rush could capitalize on it. They did, like you said, for the most part, Garrett got two more sacks. He's now tied for the league league. Uh, with nine with Shaq Barrett down in Tampa. Um, you know, he's on an, inc- they're on an incredible pace right now, but, and Demarius Randall got in on a sack too, on a good blitz against their left tackle. But yeah, like Seattle did a great job of making up for the fact that they were missing two linemen. Like you said, they brought in more, an extra lineman or, you know, they utilized the fullback much like San Francisco did last week. And it, it helped them. Uh, it helped him be able to protect Russell Wilson for the most part. He did take six hits. Uh, he, he took some pretty nasty shots. Uh, the one that Burnett got called on the horse collar, you know, that was pretty brutal. Uh, but yeah, Seattle did a great job uh, only in, in pass protection and as well in the running game, which uh, opened things up for Chris Carson uh, on the ground who had a monster day. Yeah. You know, the, uh... The run defense kind of continues to, to be a problem. Uh, you know, they they allowed 170 yards on the ground today. I, it, I thought, it, it, to me, watching the game uh, from where I was, it, it didn't show it. 
know, I didn't think that they had that many yards, but you could really tell down the stretch that they were able to to gas this defensive front and get a little bit of chunk plays. And, you know, obviously that long run that Wilson had for uh, the touchdown uh, helped that endeavor. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was surprised that the, the you know, the defensive backs – Played well for the most part, uh, except for a few plays that, that really bit him. But uh, not having Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward, hopefully this is the last game that uh, we are missing those two. Hopefully they're able to show up for New England because you you want to be completely healthy when you play New England, uh, when you play any team, but especially New England. And if you're not at full strength, Obviously, Belichick does a great job in exploiting that. So, hopefully, this team can get healed up. Uh, you know, this was the first week all season that all 53 players on the active roster uh, practiced. Hopefully, uh, over the next two weeks, everybody can get healthy. Obviously, you have guys on IR like Kirksey and Njoku and whatnot. But hopefully, all these players are, are able to get healthy. Uh, including Baker Mayfield, who we saw uh, leave the sidelines, go back to the locker room uh, in the third quarter, came back out. Uh, we saw him stretching out his hip. Uh, he said post game that it's really tender, it's really sore, but there's no way he was coming out of that game. So hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, uh, now that we're heading into the bye week, everybody can get healthy. We can have a, a solid week of practice going into the New England game. And when that game comes around, everybody is good to go. Yeah, you know, just touching on the run defense real quick before we get to the secondary. I mean, coming in, they they were giving up 151. You know, they gave up 170 today. I, I don't understand what's going on there schematically because the first few weeks they were doing pretty well. I mean, they shut down Gurley. Uh, they, they played well against Tennessee to a degree. Um and also against Baltimore, I thought they contained them really well. So hopefully, you know, this bye week, the coaches make some key adjustments and are able to improve aspects of the run defense, um, as well as trying to find ways to add more pressure. Because uh, outside of Miles Garrett, you know, this defensive front, which was really hyped up during the offseason, has been lackluster outside of Garrett. As for the secondary, I agree. They really could have used Denzel and Greedy out there today. I mean... Lockett and Metcalf didn't get in the end zone, but they were getting chunk plays off of Carey and Mitchell and the rest of the secondary. So, uh, yeah, you hope that Denzel and Greedy will be back. I mean, that'll be, I think, what, six, seven weeks sitting on the sidelines not playing. Um, New England's offense has been well iffy the last couple of weeks. They didn't look the greatest against the Giants, so... But they still have Josh Gordon. They still have Julian Edelman. Uh, they still have a plethora of running backs that can uh, hurt you in a number of ways. So, And, of course, they got the GOAT, Tom Brady. So uh, I do expect them all back. I mean, the fact that they were practi- everybody was practicing this week uh, makes me think that you know they were giving them one more week. Of course, they get the bye week. But I would expect Ward and Greedy to definitely be back for the New England game. Yeah, you know, after uh, they missed last the Monday night game against San Francisco, I was completely uh, on board with them just sitting through the bye week and getting healthy. Didn't want to re-aggravate anything, have any setbacks go, uh, going into a team like New England. 
uh, especially with, excuse me, how, I'm not going to say how easy, but the the schedule seems like it's going to lighten up after play, they play uh, New England. Uh, I know they go to Denver, who uh, shut out Tennessee today. Um, they have Buffalo, who's done really well in this early part of the season after New England. So uh, the, the schedule does seem lighter, but you want to be healthy during the stretch run, and hopefully uh, those guys can get healthy, and especially Baker as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Baker, I know they're, they're going to probably practice this week for a few days before they go away for the bye week, but I would honestly just let Baker rest. I mean, he has taken some shots. I mean, you could tell he's hurting. At one point, there was a shot on the TV. He was hobbling off the field, and so was Eric Cush, who uh, I think got rolled up on during the game at one point, but he ended up staying in as well. So, uh, I mean, get these guys healthy because uh, they got – 10 weeks of football once they get back from the bye week. So get them rested up because we got a big stretch run and uh, a lot of football left. Obviously, we got some tough games out of the gate in the second half, but it's getting easier. This is why I'm staying optimistic about this team, just because I I know the wins are coming and I know that they're going to get this stuff together uh, based on the conversation we had last week with Jared. Um, Makes me think that they are getting this stuff fixed. They do know what's wrong. They are correcting it. It's just got to get the mental mistakes out. Well, well to, what going into the bye week and as we kind of you know prepare for New England, uh, what to you is the Browns' biggest area of concern that they need to focus on heading into the bye week? Just correcting the mental the mental errors, the penalties, the 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 force turnovers, you know, just the, the mental things. Like I, I, you've seen it today. The offense is starting to get back together. I, I think, you know, we, I talked to Jared last week and he, you know, mentioned that they're, t- they've been testing stuff. You know, they feel like some games aren't as important. I, I mean, every game's important, especially when you're trying to make the playoffs, but you know, the Browns, Taken look like they were taking a few games lightly, testing stuff offensively. You've seen the Baltimore game. You've seen today against Seattle that, you know, we could see the potential of this offense. So I think just correcting the mental errors, the penalties, they're on a record pace with penalties, uh, the drops, you know, hopefully these receivers and the backs are on the jugs machines uh, a lot this week, you know, just, Try to correct those mental errors and, you know, defensively, you know, change up some stuff schematically, I think, to correct the uh, run defense as well as trying to find ways to get more pressure. Uh, not specifically Miles Garrett, but guys like Ogan Joby, guys like Sheldon Richardson, um, Olivier Vernon, who's been somewhat lackluster since coming over from New York. and Did have the force fumble today, though. He did have the forced fumble. Devereaux Lawrence got on it. So, you know, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel still. I know a lot of people are freaking out because we're two and four, but all is not lost yet. You know, we got New England coming off the bye. We got Buffalo. We got Denver. But we have Cincinnati twice. We have Pittsburgh twice. We have Miami. We have Arizona. Who Arizona's looking good so far. And then, of course, we have Baltimore again at the end of the season. The AFC North is still there for the Browns to take. It's just you got to clean up these mental mistakes and 
keep the rhythm flowing on offense, tweak some stuff on defense, get all our guys back, and I still see eight, nine, maybe even ten wins out of this team. Uh, it's going to be tough to get to ten, but eight or nine is completely still there for the Browns and the potential playoff berth. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, win all your games in the division, you're probably going to get a playoff spot. So, uh, and, and just for a little bit of scoreboard watching at this moment, Pittsburgh is up 14 nothing on the Chargers right now. So uh, they, they kind of jumped on Los Angeles a little bit early. But um, I'm not one for, for stealing radio bits. But I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, I, I asked you your biggest area of concern heading into the bye week. What would you say your panic level is being two and four going into the bye week with New England coming up the week after? Not at all panicked. Um, I expect this team to be ready to battle New England. Um, they got up for the Baltimore game. They got up for, I would say they got up for the Rams game. They just made stupid mistakes down the stretch that ultimately caused them the game. And then I, I think they came to play today. I expect this team to be ready to go week in and week out from this point forward after the bye week. New England's tough. There's no doubt about it. That defense is the best in football. And, but I fully expect Kitchens, Munkin, Wilkes, uh, everybody on that staff and that team to come back from the bye week ready to go. And they're not going to lay down to New England. So I have no concerns at all. I Do I expect us to beat New England? You'll find out in a couple weeks when we do our preview show. But I expect this to be a team that's not going to lay down to anybody. And, you know, Jarvis Landry last week, he said, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. You know, they got humbled these first six games. I expect them to come back and expect a better team. I, I just, I expect it. I mean, there's too much talent on this team to win four, five, six games. I expect a lot more wins in the second half, and I think it's going to turn around. So my panic level is not there yet. Yeah, I'm with you with that. I'm not panicked yet. Uh, you know, ask me, you know, as we head into New England, if that's changed. I, you you know, things can, can change during the bye week. Uh, I'm not insinuating any kind of coaching change or anything, but, you know, maybe they could add a player uh, or, or two uh, to this team. I think now would be the time to do that if you're going to do it with having the bye week, uh, if they're going to add somebody. So uh, we'll see how it uh, turns out when we get ready for New England in a couple weeks. And, uh you know, it, it, that sh- definitely should be uh, the, the game of the week for sure. Uh, I'm with you. I'm I'm not going to uh, count the Browns out of any game. They they are uh, on paper one of the most talented teams in the NFL. So um, they they have a chance to, to win every single time uh, that they go out there, which is not something you could say about. Uh, Browns teams of, of the last you know 18 19 years or so so uh, this team definitely has the opportunity to win games uh, win lots of games uh, I think that in the second half of the season they're gonna go uh, on a nice winning streak uh, you know they do have those three games at home uh, within uh, 14 days they have uh, the bills at home and on Thursday night they have 
uh, the Steelers, and then they had the Dolphins. So, you know, those three games could be uh, a quick turnaround uh, for this team. Hopefully they, they could win uh, one of, if not both, of these next two against New England and Denver. Uh, I know they're both road games, so uh, the next home game is in four months. So they, they'd have to do a good job of getting ready and prepare for their opponents, uh, getting things fixed, cleaned up, uh, not letting the – uh, officials pile on to uh, their their own mistakes. So, um, you know, the, the Browns don't need any help uh, shooting themselves in the foot. They're doing perfectly fine on, on their own. But, you know, we talked about the officials and piling on to that. Hopefully uh, that changes as well. Uh, I would expect, uh, I tweeted during the game that the, the apology letter that the Browns are going to get from the NFL this week is going to be longer than war and peace. Uh, but um, I would imagine a couple of people are going to get fined as well, uh, including Baker from his post-game comments. Uh, but, you know, that's not something you could worry about game to game. It's something you shouldn't have to worry about. Uh, unfortunately for the Browns, they have had to. But if you play your own game, execute the way you need to, not turn the football over, uh, make good play calls, uh, be lined up where you're supposed to be, you should be able to, to be within every game and uh, come out victorious in the majority of them. All right, Jack, as we get out here, did I forget anything, anything else you want to discuss? Uh, just one question for you, and then I'll answer it as well. Do sure. You, do you expect Dorsey to make some kind of move over the next two weeks to do something to this roster? Uh, I would imagine that there's there's something that that he would do. I don't think he's going to stand pat. Don't ask. I, I'm I'm not going to insinuate any certain positions, but you know, if they want to maybe add somebody to uh, help the the run defense, whether that be a defensive tackle. Uh, you know, just one that you could add to the rotation to help out, um, you know, maybe adding another defensive back, um, you know, because they've dealt with the injuries. Uh, maybe that would help out. Uh, maybe uh, another uh, safety. Um, maybe an offensive lineman. I, I know that that, that part is going to cost a lot. Uh, I, I don't see them adding any kind of wide receiver or running back, maybe a tight end, uh, if they could find uh, a deal somewhere. So there, there's certainly opportunity to add to this roster, but uh, I'm not going to give away the farm uh, for uh, question marks in, in terms of uh, if they're able to play and you know if they're in shape or whatnot, i.e. Uh, Trent Williams. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, defensive tackle actually wouldn't be surprising. Daniel Equale uh, was diagnosed with a concussion uh, about an hour before we recorded, so obviously they're going to need someone there. Um, maybe that opens the door for Chad Thomas to slide in, and maybe that opens the door for Jannard Avery to finally get some playing time. I doubt it, but it's a hypothetical. Um, I would not be shocked if Dorsey makes a move. Uh, you know, There's a lot of names out there. You know, you you see that the Browns aren't linked to anybody, 
Well, we know how stealthy Dorsey works, um, unless he gets caught on camera during the combine talking to Dave Gettleman. But um, I would not be shocked if they make some move. Um, what it is, couldn't even tell you. But uh, we know Dorsey's always in the hunt to uh, find talent. Uh, you know, whether it fits or not, you know, that's left to be determined, obviously. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked, though, if he does make something up here. Or not make something up, but make some move here uh, prior to the deadline to add something to this team. Yeah, I would say if he does, it's not going to be a flashy move. I think it's going to be one, one that flies under the radar a little bit um, to, to add to this team in, in terms of uh, adding depth to uh, the current roster. All right, Jack, uh, as we get out of here, uh, you guys can follow Jack on Twitter at jmccle. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. I really want everybody to be paying attention to those two Twitter accounts on Tuesday. Uh, we have something launching that uh, I hope you all enjoy. Be sure to uh, look over at the 1085 Gridiron account as well. Uh, you'll see it there too. So uh, that's all I'm going to tease about that. Uh, but as we get it out of here, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, Google Play. Uh, with all that, most importantly, go Browns. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.